Hello deities and welcome. This is the voice of Goddess Latoya and you are listening to Goddess Botanica, the podcast series. How was your week, deities? I know that summer, or as the young people call it here in Trinidad and Tobago, because they insist we have to separate the fact that we celebrate the July-August vacation and not necessarily summer. To me, it's it's a case of six by one, half a dozen of the next. Same thing, right? <laughs> um, it's come to an end. And the kiddies are preparing to go back to school. Whether at university level, you know, the teens are going back to college. And adults as well, because adults go to college and um, setting up their dorms and everything if this was probably any year between 2011 to 2015 that would have been me yeah this is the weekend where you celebrate your last moments of quote-unquote summer because that's what I call it (laughs) I'm not hip to the java thing and um You prepare yourself for the upcoming week because it's almost time for registration and organizing your timetable for class and all of these things. And um, it's the same for other kids, you know, who aren't at the tertiary level. You have secondary school preparations, primary school, even preschoolers. Yeah, so mummies and daddies are getting their last minute shopping on to send the kids off to school and today specifically it's August 31st 2022 and my country the beautiful island or twin island rather Trinidad and Tobago two countries one nation we're celebrating our diamond year what does that mean well it's 60 years of independence from Britain And um, we're very, very much happy and patriotic for our tiny nation because we've accomplished so much. In fact, I must admit that I didn't really plan to record today. As you know, I'm very much uh, not sticking to schedule. Ever since the start of (laughs) Goddess Botanica, I've more or less been organic. I've been going with the flow. I've been only coming here to impart my shadow work with you when spirit moves within me. And uh, I must say the spirit of patriotism has pushed me to come on this mic and to speak because I sort of thought about freedom and what it all means. And... It's an interesting concept and it's something that I've often questioned myself. You know, what is freedom? What is independence? What does that mean? And I don't know. I just feel like it's it's worth exploring. And it made me think not just about freedom and independence and this celebration from a macro level, meaning us as a nation, us as countries, us as a society, but also what does freedom mean for us as 
earthly dwellers us as deities us as walking breathing existing in this space called earth and how can we be freed physically but still mentally be so conditioned to abide by certain invisible rules in society are we ever really free and i know i i got into it right before the five minute mark here it's now 443 four minutes 43 seconds usually i talk a bit and we recap the previous week and all of that but my heart is impressed to just get into it one time now i really try to think if i can structure you know take little notes and just explore but i'm going to speak from my heart as always because i figure why try to add structure to something that's so organic you know let's just have a conversation and of course you know i more or less take the asmr approach meaning that i try my best to speak in a gentle way so that it's therapeutic and that you can really just focus on my words focus on your life and really do that unpacking and um at this moment i just want to say before i get into it thank you to my listeners for staying loyal with me and for being true true committed deities to goddess botanica when you are committed to listening to this podcast it means you're committed to not only helping a fellow deity live her dreams but you're also committed to being better versions of yourselves and that is noble now as i would always mention i'm not in a studio all i have is my focus right my phone and my mic so if we hear any external noises i humbly apologize and i hope that you grant me grace (laughs) but let's get into it so freedom it would have been cool to have a, a webster's definition of freedom here and um i don't (laughs) i don't i literally have not prepared like i said but that's the thing about exploring your mind and your soul and unpacking and doing the shadow work you you don't have to always prepare sometimes in the middle of the weirdest moments you're literally on a train you're well we don't have trains here but let's say you're literally slicing some vegetables to prepare your meal and a thought just comes in your mind and before you know it you're standing there for a good minute and a half just in a daze that's what it's like to be human and to really just exist man you know you 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 can't plan when thoughts come you can't you can't really um what's the words i'm looking for it's it's not supposed to be structured life and trauma and these things they come spontaneously so yeah back to back to the topic 
Freedom to me means to be unapologetic. It means existing in a space where you are not bounded by rules and regulations that some other person or some superstructure has put in place to have you be in alignment with what they think freedom is. That's a lot to digest. Because we can see freedom is not being in jail, right? Freedom is being able to wake when you want, drink when you want, eat when you want without anybody telling you when to do so as a prison officer with inmates, right? But is that really what freedom is? Because you're not in a cell, but a lot of us are imprisoned in our minds and in our everyday. Let's explore the average day of a millennial or any person, right? Your home. And you want to exist where you can really do your passions. Not have to worry about a work week. You know, having to get up at a specific time. You know, you get up at 6 you have to leave home by seven. You do all the preparation the night before, meal planning, uh, ironing or preparing your clothing, um, putting fuel in your car if you have a car or arranging for a ride share the next day. And you do all of this to go to work, to make money and come home. Is that what freedom is? Is freedom still having to abide by certain rules in society to survive basically or just exist you know you do these things to make money right but we say we're free freedom isn't that to me let's go back to my first definition of what i said freedom is i can't say it verbatim but it surely isn't about playing by the rules of a superstructure it isn't being a slave to capitalism right now unfortunately we exist in a capitalist society where we are forced to play by these rules but then that proves my point we're not really freed we can't be in a capitalist society we can't be free when we have so much things to do to just exist in a comfortable space and some people for all their lives they have to be that way because they're not part of the one percent right now that isn't to say the one percent isn't you know in prison also in different ways we'll get into that maybe later on who knows (laughs) i don't want to i don't want to promise because sometimes i talk and i get so lost in what i'm saying but when we think of freedom if we are freed why are we so exhausted and then if it isn't about work what about other aspects of our lives I've known grown people 
in their 20s and their 30s and even in their 50s who are not really freed because they can't truly be their unapologetic selves and that's part of my definition of freedom because they still have to put on this performative act or this mask when dealing with their own families you know they can't really say hey I'm this I'm that I'm this sexual orientation I'm a person who likes to drink I do certain things like herbs you know I'm, I'm into marijuana or yeah I have like a, a dozen tattoos or yeah I I much rather go to school but maybe to do art not to become a doctor but they've shrunken themselves they have to shrink themselves to appease their family if you're free why do you have to do that and then it echoes the state of a larger issue which is again we have to be a slave to the superstructures that exist that these things aren't illegal so it's aren't legal sorry they are illegal for the most part so you know it's it's taboo you can't indulge right you can't indulge in things that literally grow from the earth which is the most bizarre thing ever so no you can't let your parents know you do marijuana right or you can't say that you have love for the same sex because society says that's wrong that's strange right that's not in fitting with the patriarchal structure which is is very close to capitalism by the way and um it's really sad because when I think as much as even as a society that is Trinidad and Tobago where we say we're so free the immediate space still holds so many relics of our very much colonized past there are still statues belonging to people who more or less helped the cause for the bondage that my people went through and even the way we treat with people today like you go to the ministry you want to do one thing you want to get your id card you want to get your passport you want to register a company to try and give this full sense of liberation from (laughs) the capitalist uh structures that exist right working for somebody else you're trying to you're trying to make your own rules a little bit even though you'll never fully be free and they give you such a hard time first thing your dress code like really i can't conduct business to exist in this space because you're telling me and first of all you're telling me i have to get these things i have to get my id card to prove that i'm a citizen here right or i get a passport to go to other places right But yet, you have to screen me. 
because of how I look. It doesn't matter that I have all my documentation to prove that I'm worthy of this. But from the jump, you are stopping me at the door because I am dressed in what I could afford. How are we really independent when we can't we can't even do basic business to prove that we are a part of this nation? And so that's why I'm saying, like, are we ever truly like free? Can we be free? How is that freedom? And I know normally when I come here, I speak on, you know, all these things like healing and self-love. And But if you look at the hashtags, I also said we're going to have some Batwig sessions. And for those of you <laughs> who aren't familiar with what I mean when I say Batwig, it's a playful term that is common here especially amongst a particular community meaning we're we're coming to snatch your wig we're coming to <laughs> we're coming to definitely have you shook and and snatch you up about some things and that's what this session is more about not just really healing or unpacking Well, yeah, we are unpacking, but not in the delicate way I've been doing for the past season and last episode. I'm really here just trying to show you what really exists. Because as I see, we are so patriotic in our red, white and black. And we celebrate independence being free from Britain when you realize how we operate in this space in this world we aren't really free at all in my opinion and the thing is if we aren't freed as a society it is going to affect us inwardly and in the micro spaces we do coexist in so i started thinking of even school i started with that as uh part of the intro right speaking about preparation for school so i'm an educator by qualification not profession meaning that i'm not even hired by the government to teach but I have all the qualifications to teach on print I have my degree I have the experience I have all of those things but I'm not an educator in the traditional sense where I'm in a classroom teaching kids anymore and um, (laughs) we'll get into that at some point maybe But at this instance, I want to talk about how that too is an example of how much we we aren't really freed. Because 
the structure of our education system is one way we abide by the structure of colonial Trinbago and colonial the very colonial or colonizers that is Britain we have you know the, the basic setting of the school and the chalk and talk approach and the curriculum like it's 2022 COVID happened and we've had teachers or educators as I like to call us struggle with basic technology <laughs> like it was such a hard concept to even do a simple zoom call or microsoft teams or google teams or whatever and just educate from a virtual space and that bothers me because why why are we existing 22 years in the new millennia and we can't even conduct a proper class session virtually we've been singing about the new era of technology since 99 just google any pop song (laughs) of the late 90s and you would be able to see everything is digital and you're probably wondering what does that have to do with anything what i'm saying is we've been preparing for this moment for a very long time we use social media we literally have mini computers in our palms we don't need to go to the library to do research anymore and it's amazing how we have all this technology literally at our fingertips and we can't even use it in education that our educators are so lost and confused and a lot of kids had to pay the price for that and let me not get into the fact that there are students who couldn't do the classes even if they wanted to because they're so expensive they can't afford the devices or even the data packages and and wi-fi plans to be able to you know be in the classroom virtually but i'm talking about those who can the former being an issue yes but i'm focusing on the system in terms of education and how even those who could have afforded these things their experience was horrible yes there are several factors but but the catalyst for me is the education system is as though it's still the 1960s and we're in 2022 meaning for my teachers out there we know what chalk and talk is right where you literally have your board well now it's it's whiteboards and markers they hardly use chalk anymore 
but it's the same concept just different instruments or tools without being able to stand in front of kids in a classroom with a board and a marker teaching can't be done (laughs) why haven't we integrated technology into our curriculum now in theory it's there but the practicality of it it's evident it was not there in the pandemic in the two years that kids had to be homeschooled and that's bizarre and that's scary and sad because the kids are ready the kids since they're like four years old you're seeing kids with their devices and yet somehow the adults (laughs) can't use it why hasn't the education system allowed for these teachers to be active in with technology and, and integrating technology into their lesson plans why are there so many workshops like even when I taught back in 2020 there were workshops teachers would go to once a month twice a month you know there's always something they have to do what what do they do in these workshops workshops teach them how to cut pictures and stick on a on a on a thing like so we aren't really freed in my opinion because our education system is still structured in such a way where we are not acknowledging different learning styles we're not acknowledging that technology is important that the thing we we try to tell children no 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 um no tablets you can't use this you can't we take away their digital devices whenever we want to punish them why not use it to educate them why not show them the ways we can use it to learn and to get the same knowledge or even more than even i had at this point eight years ago in in university and my major was english language and literature with education which is a fancy way of saying i did linguistics literature as a double major and a minor in education so in those courses they did try i remember there was this course called edtk education tech where they taught us how to use like microsoft word and publisher to make posters and i think we even had to do a little um video of a lesson plan or something they do try but is it enough i think as recently as last year i googled that degree and not much courses were added now i i would say that i had a healthy um group of courses for my degree but it's more the other things and not things that incorporated technology you know we had to do a presentation 
and he sort of didn't even know how to how to even do a slideshow i remember anxiety aside i had to do a presentation on ed- what education was or something and i i couldn't like i did it but <laughs> you know i'm embarrassed about it now because no one taught me that going to school i didn't see how to use it now i would say i'm 30 years now so but i'm thinking technology existed even in my teens you know so why why did nobody think it wise to learn those things but we learned so many other things that quite frankly i don't see the purpose of it in everyday life um like aspects of mathematics like i've never used pythagoras theorem one time in my daily life but we'll get into that another time (laughs) um but yeah just just simple life skills like learning how to use an atm machine learning how to do a fast deposit write a check learning how to uh keep track of your budget for the month like these are things i think we need to learn but yet we're so bounded by traditional arithmetic or mathematics or a bunch of stuff that don't even matter <laughs> like i spent so i spent like 14 years of my life in primary and secondary school i haven't even counted preschool i haven't even counted um so let's do some math <laughs> so i may have spent like two years in preschool two three years so three and 14 that's 17 and then count four years um in tertiary level undergrad so that's like 21 years of my 30 years of legit spent in school wait that maxes off yeah yeah because for the past eight years i like the past eight years are the only amount of years i haven't gone to school and what did i really learn (laughs) but i would say i did pursue my degree in something that I was passionate about which were books to the point where I think it sharpened my skills for analyzing things and you know it helped with my writing skills a little bit um it helped me to be braver in my pieces so soon I'm going to have my blog and everything so I'm grateful I'm grateful I'm not going to knock my degree at all and and the coordinator who put together an amazing group of courses as I said before so in my own little way I felt liberated because I did my liberal arts degree we laugh and say it doesn't pay but again (laughs) that's because of society that's because of the superstructures that be if you don't do specific jobs lawyer doctor like that you don't really you don't really get paid for it you still have to settle for an office job you know and and this is no shade to people who are comfortable with those jobs in fact if i had that job it would help me further my passions but it kind of sucks to know that you try your hardest to still go the route of tertiary education and you follow your passion and you feel liberated in that and yet still you, you have to struggle to really live a comfortable life. 
So again, how free are we? <laughs> it's 60 years of freedom in terms of we don't have to adhere to the queen. But we still adhere because it's so ingrained in our psyche and in our space that we still follow these rules. Shout out to Tobago, by the way. Tobago is definitely doing things their way. Like at this point, I, I wish I could move there <laughs> to to um to just experience what it's like to be in a society that is heading in the right direction, and not just because the head of state there or however it goes, the Tobago House of Assembly. You know, I'm not I'm not too good with the political jargon. Um, but they're showing that no it's it's a new day and yes you can come and conduct business wearing what you have you know we're not going to punish you because you can't afford a certain type of shoes and pants and t-shirt right and as i said that i remember i was speaking to someone and i mentioned the fact that where i'm from it's common for if you have to conduct business or anything formal that you literally borrow clothing to get to be able to do what you have to do and it startled that person because it's not something that was obvious before but if we are going to the red house as we say in trinidad countryside <laughs> um you know even if you're going to a regular ministry we still see the red house because there was a time when Everything you had to do uptown was done in the Red House. So if you had to go, you literally had to ask your friend for a shoe, ask a cousin for a pair of pants, ask your uncle for a shirt. And I'm speaking in the perspective of a male, because most times the men would go to conduct business, right? And let me take that back. It will be in the context of me seeing my cousin do it. Not that most times the men conduct the business. But yeah, they had to borrow, borrow, borrow to get an ensemble to wear to conduct business. And imagine having to go through all of that to be accepted in a space that is supposed to be of your nation. That you can't freely go regardless of if you're wearing you know a, a quote-unquote dingy shirt and a pants with a little cut in it because that's all you literally have but you're not going to be welcome there because you're not dressed very eurocentric like i'm a fisherman most of my clothing might be a specific type of of clothes a three quarters and and a slipper and you're telling me i can't come in this space to conduct business because of that i've experienced that before there were two slashes in my in my jeans and the appropriate thing quote unquote this stupid respectability politics nonsense i had to go by the neighboring uh variety store purchase like five dollars in pins in my pants mind you you could still see the slit of my knees but just with a lot of pins 
It literally looked like couture, like something you'd buy from a runway. But the point is, my knee was an issue because you could have seen it. And I had to put this performative modesty on with pins to make this person feel better about me coming into that space, to conduct business, to pay taxes, to give back to my own country. How is that? <laughs> How is that freedom? And um, because I'm speaking more on the macro side, let me let me bring it back inward. Are you really freed? In your existence. Do you really. Want to. Be. What you are telling the world. You are. What you are trying to convince the world you are. So the thing these days. Is to be an influencer. Right. Even I admittedly, you know, I it didn't start it. It didn't start that way. But eventually I got into that where I felt like, okay. even though I started just posting my body because I wanted to document, literally wanted to document my summer in a pandemic. And I saw all these beautiful swimwear and I wanted to start a business eventually. And I was like, let me show my body on instagram a bit right and eventually doing that pushed me to try to be an influencer try to get the attention of these brands hoping that somebody would be like yes do this for me do that for me and some did come forward some i turned down because you know i i i went into business mode like you're not paying me enough or you're not offering to pay at all. Like, what am I getting from this? You saw me. So there's something in me you wanted. But what do I get from this? Other than bragging rights. You know, I had my consultation with the amazing, amazing Miss Fari. Right? And, you know, she she gave me some... She gave me some tools that inspired me to even push myself a little further in terms of business. But what started as such an organic thing? That if you don't know who Miss Fari is, that's Janine, right? Janine Charles Fari. But anyway, yeah. Um, what started so organic really became something that was just about business for me and I felt like when you looked at some of my pictures you could see it too so I became what what started as me being free and happy and wanting to post myself and you know just to exist and and be beautiful and voluptuous and to show my stretch marks and cellulite and discoloration quickly became about me trying to get the validation and endorsement from certain companies and that's sad because I saw it like I said I saw it in the photos and 
I felt lost. And so I just, I, I couldn't get myself in front of a camera anymore. And then I had that spell where I said, you know what? Forget it. So I didn't push to get my friends to do my makeup anymore. And I just posted myself happy in my yard and weird art because I'm always like, I, I consider myself an, an alternative black girl in the sense of not like rock punk, but I'm really into the weird stuff, you know? I'm into looking at shapes and poses and different lighting and seeing art and beauty in the human anatomy and in earth in itself and the spaces we exist in. How many times would I say that? But anyway, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I just, I, I played around with um, like overlays and um, different themes and the contrast and stuff. And then I just archived all of the pics because I felt like I, I wasn't feeling that way anymore and I didn't want to commit to a certain aesthetic. I mean, we're ever-evolving deities, right? Some days you feel like this, some days you won't. You feel like this last year, you don't feel like this by the end of the, of the year or into the new year. And part of my shadow work was about really thinking of what am I doing this for truly now if it's a mixture of it it's fine but if I am motivated for validation or motivated only because I count how much likes I get on a on a pick or a video or how much plays I get because you may not get the likes but you definitely see on your dashboard like how much people viewed and all these things and if you don't get a certain amount, you're going to feel bad. Or if you think by now a certain brand should call you, you'd feel bad. It's like, no. Like, who cares about that stuff? Why do I care about that stuff? And so I, I simply stopped caring. Like, I remember this one time <laughs> I made a post and... Because it didn't get a certain amount of reacts, I deleted it. And I'm embarrassed I did that. But, you know, I'm being honest, <laughs> right? Why does it matter? Those are my thoughts. So I started existing in such a way where it didn't matter anymore. Like, I didn't care about how much views, how much plays, how much reactions. Even if my post got one react, I'll keep it up. Not everybody can do that, you know? And it's about not being freed. Not being freed and free. Because we think we're freed. We think we're so independent. We're so estranged from the superstructures that exist right but we're still a slave to it and that's sad when you think about it 
ask yourself when was the last time did you really post something and and not care about how much hearts you got or how much yeses or yeah bro (laughs) and if you can't think when last then that's worth exploring that's worth doing some shadow work for we're not really we're not really free we're not really beyond the things we think we're above and do I have the answers for how you you go from caring to not caring no I don't have the answers I mean I can tell you what worked for me I literally sat for days in my toilet because I always tell people I love my toilet and bathroom area those are my favorite areas ever because it's in those spaces I close my eyes and I just release and that too that space in particular is important to me because I always grew up in a space where I did not have privacy I didn't really have my own room to exist until I started renting in my young adult life at post-college, right? So I've never had my own room or a space where I could say, okay, when I close the door, it's up to me to have you inside. Not that you feel you can come in, you know, whenever you want. And as a little girl, being in the toilet bathroom area was the only privacy I had, obviously. And it just sort of stayed with me. It it sort of stayed my safe space. And yeah, so when when I'm there, I literally am me. I'm literally naked. I'm literally my ugliest self. <laughs> and I do like aqua therapy. I, I don't know if that's a thing, but I literally close my eyes and release my thoughts with the water falling. And I explore those things that stay in my mind. And that stood, in, stood out the most for a while. Like when I post these things daily, what, are, what am I hoping for? Why do I want to be an influencer so bad? Why do I want to be the popular kid when I don't even like people? <laughs> you know, I am the kind of person who I'm a people person. You know, I, I like to make people feel comfortable and happy and I'll light up a room. But then I also really, really, really like personal space. Like, even when I'm with a partner, I still need alone time. I can't do the live in my person's skin all day. (laughs) That's not me. I'll have my moments for that. But I also need my moments when I can go and just sit in a corner and do my thing even if it means just laying there and it could be offensive 
if your person doesn't really understand you but space is important for me but anyway let's go back to the topic so (laughs) to kind of be independent of that whole I'm trying to be an influencer thing and to be freed from that concept I literally I literally thought of who I am what I want to achieve and how much of it I did for validation and a little bit of validation is good I guess but I I always tell people when I post things I don't post for validation anymore honestly I post because I'm finally comfortable and confident in who I am and I feel like boasting about what I've been through because I know what I went through to get those little achievements right as little as it might seem so you know I I, because I get the feeling people who say they're quote-unquote private because they don't share anything thinks that they're above you know people who do share and I don't think I don't think you are I think there's somewhere inside where you wish you were unapologetic and you could post you know I think we're afraid we don't get the validation so sometimes we don't post but if if I'm wrong and you really are comfortable with just not posting because that's not who you are then that's fine too right but oftentimes these people come for people who post (laughs) you know so I'm just putting that disclaimer there but yeah I, I post because I don't care I always tell people I have that Kanye confidence now you know not 100% but a strong 75 because whether or not you like how I look I'm going to post it I want to document my life so that I can look back and be like wow you know it's it's literally like my diary that's why I do these podcasts that's why I'm on these platforms I want it to forever be in the metaverse that I was here and this is my contribution and even for my lineage or lineage you know they can say wow my grandmom did some amazing things (laughs) so if I'm looking for validation maybe it's validation from my future genes not really from people who don't matter because if I if I am a slave to that then I'll never be happy then I'll constantly have to be online going back and forth with trolls going back and forth with unhappy people who make fake profiles and want to attack me for just being me so if I ever do become you know without even asking without even forcing do become some big entity I want to be in such a space where truths wouldn't matter because I'm not doing this for validation I'm not trying to convince people whether in the good or the bad way like I, I am just trying to be me and so you be you too I always say, especially if you have like a mental illness or personality disorder, 
you already have it hard than a quote-unquote sane person, right? You have to convince your mind not to self-destruct before anybody else. So you have to, the same way your mind plays tricks with you, you have to play tricks with your mind and you have to feed it with confidence. You have to feed it with, I'm that girl, okay? <laughs> that, that, that gay man energy, okay? Where you, you, you see how queer people are, like especially the gay boys. When they put on, like just watch one episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> when these men put on their clothing and their makeup and their, they're being drag, honey. They're in drag. You can't tell them nothing, whether it's performative or not. Start faking, start being performative and you'll believe it. When you're thinking of, oh my gosh, my life sucks. Think of no. Does my life suck? Like, I'm still living. So I still have purpose. Like, the opportunities are endless. I haven't lived some of the best days of my life yet. Yes, he and I aren't together anymore, but that's his loss. <laughs> you know, like you have to be your biggest cheerleader. You have to be confident. You have to get cocky about you. I remember when I slipped into depression, even this year, I was like, damn. For three months, I literally did nothing. Collectively, three months solid. I'm not even counting the extra days here and there. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, had I really checked myself some months ago, I would have been in a space where I would have had this and this by now. But then I also didn't want to blame myself because I did need to hibernate a bit. Yeah, hibernating is good. So I said, you know what? Nothing before it's time. So even when I come hard on myself, I still check myself. I still challenge my thoughts and not be too harsh you can be real but you don't be too harsh you know and, and that's liberating where well, you can call out yourself but you could also love yourself you could also big up yourself okay <laughs> and not cry over spilled milk or whatever the phrase is i always i always say that phrase wrong is it cry over spilled milk but anyway, you don't dwell. You feel, you acknowledge, but you do not dwell. And that is what freedom is. That is what true liberation is. Taking accountability and then dedicating your life and your existence to just being better. So... I guess I'm going to do a 60 minutes for the 60 years of independence child. <laughs> um, but I, I want to wrap up now and I want to say that we may not always be truly independent. And let me tell you something. Independence in itself in a micro state is a sham because you're, you're not really truly independent right 
not just in terms of the superstructure. And yes, if, if I if I count or had a dollar for every time I said that word, I could probably buy a happy meal in McDonald's. <laughs> but yeah, back to my point. Um independence. I wouldn't say I'm independent and I don't see merit in being super independent either. Because if I was super independent, I wouldn't realize I have a family who aren't necessarily blood that genuinely are there to help make my life easier, to help carry the load, to help make me have the soft life I aspire to have. A life where I'm not a slave to trying to to get a certain amount of money daily and all of that my my friends know what i mean <laughs> you know i've 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 been unemployed for a while and it's because of the superstructures that be but if i was so quote unquote independent i wouldn't have the humility to share that I was in distress and I wouldn't have my friends to help me take away some of that burden so I'm not loafing but they are just effortlessly helping me and they have helped me and now I'm in a position where I could help myself and it's not my independence that got me there it's having these people in my space i don't want to say being codependent but yeah it is being codependent like having exist in my world where i could depend on other people to help me when life gets tough and they know in turn they could depend on me as well i depend on them they depend on me and i think that's beautiful And I think, and I think this is what freedom looks like. Acknowledging that it probably doesn't exist at all. And that even if we can't dismantle certain systems that are way bigger than us, so we may never live to see it. that having the right people around you and really talking to yourself and loving yourself and unpacking is where the true freedom really lies. This is Goddess Latoya saying true freedom is realizing that it doesn't exist and this is what freedom looks like